Hey there, this is True Sleep. Thank you for listening. I hope with this podcast to help you meditate in your heart upon your bed and be still. And I just have one quick thing to mention before we get into Matthew chapter one for this meditation. I uh, really appreciate those who have been emailing me at truesleepfeedback at gmail.com. I've gotten a lot of good pointers from you guys how to improve on the podcast, and I want to keep improving. So any idea you have, if you think of it, please email me, and I will try to incorporate that, uh, make things better. For example, uh, that's why I'm going to try to do two episodes per week instead of one from now on. That was one of the suggestions was to increase the frequency. Uh, Another one was just the fact that the advertisements uh, were a different volume, and that's hard to calibrate because of the way Anchor has you record your advertisements. Uh, so it was abrupt, and it was jolting people out of their rest. And so just did away with ad- ads altogether. Um, I do still need to buy a new mic. Uh, so if you'd like to donate, you can do that through anchor.fm, and uh, that would help out a lot. But don't feel any pressure there. My main hope is that this will be helpful to people. And so let's dive right in to Matthew chapter 1, where we left off the last time we were in Matthew, which is verse 18. So get comfy. Time to get some rest. Uh, It's good to rest, and it's good to meditate on God's Word to get true rest, soul rest. So Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place... In this way, when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. All right, let's just take it in a little bit and we'll see how far we get. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. Matthew has been very diligent to to prove that Jesus is the Messiah, the long-awaited Savior King that the Jewish people had been waiting for. He's gone through the genealogy of Jesus Christ, proving it from that angle, and now he's going to talk at length about Jesus' birth. Now, I think maybe a good place to start. We know we're going to think about Jesus' birth because it says, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. I'm sure you have lived through some Christmases, and you've heard the story just take a few seconds to try to bring to mind on your own what you know about how Jesus's birth took place. Take about 15, 20 seconds. Recall the story. All right, I'm sure you're bringing back a lot of different details related to Jesus' birth. The first one that Matthew wants to emphasize has to do with his mother, Mary. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother, Mary, had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. So here we have three I hate to call them characters because that sounds fictional, but three figures introduced into Matthew's gospel account of Jesus Christ. 
First, Mary, Jesus's mother. What do you know? What do you remember about Mary? One thing we know about Mary from just these first words here is that she had been betrothed to Joseph. So betrothal back then was a little bit like what we call engagement now, uh, but it was more binding. It was legally committed to marry someone. So they weren't yet married, but they were legally committed in a way. So to break off a betrothal was a little bit more intense than breaking off an engagement, but not as serious as breaking off a marriage. So that's one thing we know about Mary, just from what we see in front of us here. She had been betrothed to a man named Joseph. Joseph is the second figure to think about. What do you know about the biblical figure of Joseph? Well, what the Holy Spirit through Matthew wants to emphasize is that Mary and Joseph were betrothed, but they had not yet come together. So they were not yet married and they had not yet had their marriage night before they came together. Mary was found to be with child, found to be with child. Now, this would be a big problem in that society. In our culture, it is no longer a taboo to be pregnant before marriage, but in their culture, it absolutely, it was a serious, serious offense. She was found to be with child, but what makes it different is the last few words of the verse. She was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the third figure introduced in these verses. What do you know about the Holy Spirit? Now, this is an incredible mystery. How could Mary be found to be with child from the Holy Spirit? This goes beyond what we're able to know scientifically, but give it some thought. What would that have been like for Mary? At what point would she have known for sure that she was with child, that she was pregnant? What would it have been like for her to be with child from the Holy Spirit and know that she was going to have to explain herself to Joseph? What would it have been like for Mary and Joseph to learn this news? Let's read on into verse 19. 
And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. So here we learn a little bit more about Mary's husband. It calls her here Joseph. That indicates how serious betrothal was compared to our engagement. We learned that he was a just man. So he wanted justice to be served. He cared about right and wrong. And he didn't want people to suffer needlessly. And he was unwilling to put her to shame. So it's not just that he wasn't desiring to put her to shame. He was unwilling to put her to shame. He was determined to go a different route than to publicly shame her. And so what would he do? He would divorce her quietly. It says he resolved to divorce her quietly. Resolve indicates that there would be opposition. I would have to imagine he was under some pressure to divorce her perhaps in a more noisy way, a more public way. But being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, he resolved to divorce her quietly. So at this point, Joseph, I suppose, doesn't believe Mary. I would have to imagine that Mary would try to explain that this child was not the result of adultery or fornication, but the result of the Holy Spirit. And you know, ancient people were not more gullible than modern people. Joseph had as hard a time believing that as we would probably have to believe that. And so he's resolved to divorce her quietly. And then we get to verse 20. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Okay, so he was considering these things. He was resolving how he would go about divorce. He was unwilling to go along with perhaps what was expected of him and divorcing her in a way that would shame her. He was mulling these things over, thinking about these things. And then an angel appeared to him in a dream. It says, behold, an angel appeared to him in a dream. That means, look at this, check this out. An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. So imagine Joseph, maybe like you right now, trying to get some sleep. Maybe like you right now, a lot on his mind. You have whatever it is that's on your mind. Joseph had this on his mind. He had planned to marry Mary. And now everything was taking a drastic turn. But he was able to get to sleep because he had this dream in which an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Now, this is something that you see happen sometimes in the Bible, especially right here during this story, an angel appearing in a dream and giving some sense of direction to people. In this case, the angel spoke to him and said, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. So first, he identifies Joseph as son of David. He emphasizes that royal lineage. And he says, don't fear to take Mary as your wife. So perhaps underlying Joseph's motivation to divorce Mary wasn't only that it was hard to believe her, but there was fear there. He was afraid to take her as his wife. Maybe he was afraid of the social ostracism that might come from it. Maybe he was afraid of the implications of getting involved in such a bizarre and 
supernatural thing? I'm not sure, but the angel told him, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. Why? For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Verse 21 goes on, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. So the angel gives Joseph crystal clear instructions, firm, clear, comforting, do not fear. He was to marry Mary. Mary would bear a son. She would carry this pregnancy fully through. She would have all the experiences any pregnant woman has being pregnant with a baby. Now, that's not something I can go into great detail about because I have never been pregnant. Uh, but let's take a minute just to think about the physical process of Mary bearing a son. Just think about what you know goes on during a typical pregnancy. Mary was going to bear a son. She was going to experience those things. Joseph got the easier assignment. Mary was to bear the son. Joseph was to call his name Jesus. He was to name the child Jesus. Why? For he will save his people from their sins. And that's the point. That's the point that Matthew is getting to, and that's a point that underlies all the Gospel of Matthew. This special child was going to one day save his people from their sins. Jesus came not just to be a moral leader, not just to be a great teacher, not to be a guru on how to live the good life. He came to save his people from their sins. That is definitely a good spot to stop and think for a little bit. I think that's where we'll stop for this whole meditation, actually. Jesus came to save his people from their sins. You and I are sinners. Every individual who has ever lived other than Jesus has been a sinner. And our sin separates us from a holy God and resigns us rightly to a fate of eternity apart from Him. But God made a way for sinners like me and like you to be saved. And it's Jesus Christ. He's the only way. So reflect on that for a bit. Have you been saved by putting your faith and trust in the Savior, Jesus Christ? Have you been convicted of the fact that you are a sinner in need of salvation? If you have, I want to encourage you as we conclude to just think about the blessing it is to have been saved from your sins, to not bear that guilt and that shame and that regret and the consequences and penalty eternally of your sin. One way I like to go about that 
is to think about the alternative. What would it be like if that were not the case, if you were still in your sins, unsaved? So that's what I'd like for you to think about as we finish up. Now, if you have not taken that step and have not acknowledged your sin before holy God and asked him to save you based on Jesus's death on the cross for you, I encourage you to do that as we finish up, to pray to God and say, God, I recognize that I am a sinner and I've sinned against you and my sin separates me from you. And I recognize that Jesus is the Savior and I need saving. Please save me. Please forgive me based on what Jesus did for me. Please change me. Please make me new. And I realize I said all that really fast. And uh, if you need to rewind and listen to it again to pray that prayer, if you've never prayed before, I trust if you're even inclined to do it, that the Holy Spirit will help you do it. But whoever you are and wherever you are, I pray that you will get some good rest right now, reflecting on Jesus who came to save his people from their sins. Father, thank you so much for this individual that you have brought to listen to this podcast right now. And I pray that as they meditate on Jesus as the Savior who came to save his people from their sins, that they would be freed from sin in their own life, freed to know you as their Father, freed to live the way they're designed to live, freed to be your people, be one of yours, your child. So would you help them now as they think on these things and guide them by your Holy Spirit and trust them into your care and pray that they would just feel so deeply at peace as they speak to you in prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.